Welcome to our fourth episode. Fifth episode. Fifth episode. Oh, I think it's the fourth. Okay. <laughs> well, let's do that again. <laughs> I mean, the theme is like, well, that was uncomfortable. So I think uh, just... <laughs> uh, welcome to our fourth episode. We're happy uh, to be chatting here today and we're, we're going to kick it off. Uh, with some uncomfortable things Ashley and I have been going through just unpleasant feelings and feelings of being really uncomfortable. So we thought we would unpack that today for y'all. Mm-hmm. It'll be uncomfortable for everyone involved. I'm just kidding. It won't be uncomfortable for, <laughs> for the listener. <laughs> Prepare to be uncomfortable. So we're going to talk about things that are current are currently making us uncomfortable. I'm sure there's there's lots of things we could dive into, but we're going to unpack some of our current discomforts and maybe like do some self coaching on yes, uh, how we can sit with that discomfort and mm-hmm. still show up and do the things that we have to do, like run our businesses and you know tend for to our families and be there for our loved ones and and that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. All the things we have to do in life. Yes. And you and I are both, we kind of both came on and we're feeling, I don't know, just a little uh, like today. And we wanted to show up in that. We didn't want it to be shiny and glossy and, I don't know, artificial. So... We're also just showing up as is and yeah. Yeah. Raw. I don't know how to say it, but um, oftentimes in life we have to show up when we are deeply uncomfortable, even if we don't want to, because there are people who depend on us and we have deliverables and things we have to get through. And sometimes we can drop it all and go eat, pray, love our lives. But most of the time that's not an option. So that's what we're exploring, I guess, together is like in real time rather than waiting until there's like an after to tell you about, uh, kind of exploring how we sit with discomfort, move through discomfort, be with it, befriend it. Yeah. This is the the opposite of the before and after picture on Instagram. This Mm -hmm. is the, this is the like in it, what do we do? How do we exist? How do we anchor ourselves? What else did you, you said? Another great thing. How do we imagine creative possibilities for existing? How come you say the best things? Uh, again, I don't know who this person is that says these things, but I, again, I will never say something that profound uh, when the microphone is actually on. Because I guess performance anxiety, I do not. <laughs> but yeah, I think we got on. We were like, okay, like we're in it. This is what we talk about in our workshops, in our work with our clients. Um, and rather than demonstrating that we've got our stuff together, which like, we do not always have our stuff together, um, we'll talk through our process, how we process together. We we're lucky to have one another to process this thing, these things with Um in real time, mm-hmm. in the in the in between, the middle, yeah, the yucky part. 
the liminal space, which we'll talk a little bit about later. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to get us started with my my sure. current discomfort? What is currently making you uncomfortable right now. Um, so my current discomfort, there are a few, but the one I am comfortable unpacking for public consumption uh, is being a beginner at something. And I can usually take it with like the best sense. I have a sense of humor. I make jokes about everything. So when I suck at something, when I start and it's like rock climbing or some other learning Spanish, like I can laugh about that because it's not that, it's not that deep. Like it's something I'm doing as a hobby or for fun. Uh, But lately I have been embarking on many things professionally that Mm -hmm. are new. I am in some way a beginner at it. And even though I knew it was coming and, you know, I was, I was doing my damnedest, like prepare the most. So I would not have to suffer the indignity of being seen as beginning at something at starting from the beginning, starting small. Um, you still have to do the thing and it still feels like you're a beginner that you're absolutely trash. And I can tell myself a lot of stories about what that means about me and my competence and, oh, God, the value of what I do. If I'm, I can tell myself I'm never going to be good at it. And it means like because I wasn't good right off the bat and like absolutely crushing it from day one of starting something new that I'm trash and should never do it again. I should be embarrassed if I even tried. Um, so that's the current uh you know, where I'm exploring that. And that's with like, I was to tell you teaching yoga in person. I taught only online or to small groups. And I stepped into someone's class who has had this group for. So that was this week, right? This week. Um, my last class I'm teaching is tonight. So everything is new. It's a new audience. It's people who have a way that they like to be taught. Um, I only teach to small groups and online. Now I have a dozen people that I'm teaching to, um, who have already developed that community. So I'm kind of coming in like substitute teacher energy. And um, I left the first couple of classes like in the worst shame spiral of like, oh my God, I am total trash. I am the worst human who's ever existed. Um, third class was last night, feeling a little bit better, but honestly walking in, like I have never felt so nauseous. It's like that nauseated feeling of like, oh God, I don't want to do this, but like everyone's looking at me and I've got to do this thing. Um, actually went a lot better on the third try. Like, so, but I can't keep perspective on if it's getting better or not. I am in this, like, I am terrible mode of like, I just can't, like, I can't do anything right. I wish I did X, Y, and Z. I could remain on that all night instead of sleeping. Um, it's a real, it's a real shit storm in my head. Um, and then oh, many other things we've actually, uh, that we, even that we are doing together, we're experimenting with new things, new ways to market it, have new ways to be visible in the world, all mm-hmm. which are new to me. And it feels like I am like drinking from a fire hose of being a beginner. Mm. Mm. And as a recovering perfectionist, um, it's really hard to be a beginner because you want to just like wait until it's perfect to let anyone see you or see what you're doing. And so to be seen as imperfect, starting out, learning, oh, I feel so gross. I will fully admit it feels gross. Does my wise self know this is a necessary part of becoming good at something, at developing mastery, 
Yes. Um, and in those moments, I do pull myself out. I'm like, you know what? Like my growth mindset self is like, this is a process. I can logically see that I'm beginning to get better every time I do the new thing and I'm starting to develop new skills, but also it's uncomfortable and I'd rather just be good. <laughs> I can't, yesterday, last night I was like, I just want to do things I'm good at. No, I don't want to do shit that I need to learn. <laughs> you know what? I'm done with learning things. That is, I'm, I'm done. I'm, it's over. I'm not trying anything new. I'm doing only old things. <sighs> I know that's not true, but there are moments that my very bratty self was like, I'm done with new mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Only mm-hmm. old shit from now on. I don't like it. <laughs> Man, I hear you as a former fitness instructor coming into a class, I used to teach for a friend of mine. She worked at a factory and they had a gym and she was like their sort of, I don't know what you call it, but like she had the contract to run the gym and she would go down and do stretches with the workers and then she'd do different classes. And I was her substitute teacher like when she would go on vacation she would ask me to come in and woof did I it was like my least favorite thing to do and we used I used to have to go down into and if I knew what I knew now about boundaries and sort of even just existing in a space because you would go and do stretches with the workers and they were like the, the factory workers were like the women were and then you do some stretches with them. And then you go over to like where more of like the burly men were. And then you're doing the stretches over there. And I was always just like, why does this feel so uncomfortable? And it's like, because you're like a highly, you're in your yoga pants and you're doing stretches with like 30 men, you know, at a factory. Uh, anyway, I feel you. Not my favorite thing. And I'm, pr- I'm so proud of you for, you know, seeing it through and also existing in this like wildly uncomfortable. Ugh. Yeah. Yuck. Learning things is, is the worst. Like I even think like, you know, like I went to like some introductory classes for rock climbing and like, because you walk in and there's like these people who are like super humans. They're in their like Arcteryx Mm-hmm. gear like mm-hmm. their climbing gear alone costs like a grand yeah and then there and you're like in your rental shoes just like grappling onto like the easiest the easiest yeah um, but you're like yeah i'm fully sending it like bros like feeling really cool because i'm doing my like baby climbs and they're like fully like lead climbing doing all these crazy things and like i will never be that it's so easy when you're like beginning something it's so easy to compare yourself to someone's after like even though i logically know one thousand dollar climbing gear arcteryx dude had to at some point probably like at five years old um start where i was Mm -hmm. everybody had to start at the beginning at some point but we don't compare ourselves to people in the beginner class i'm looking up the wall like oh my god (laughs) look at me i'm so it's so embarrassing it's like it's it's not but it's so easy to compare ourselves to somebody else's after picture. Mm-hmm. It's big dork energy. <laughs> BDE. 
BD, big dork energy when you were starting something. It's it's uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, so uh, now that I've sufficiently embarrassed myself, Annette, do you have anything that's currently making you feel uncomfortable? I am actually having quite a challenging time, and I didn't realize it until recently, is that I am not enjoying my alone time on my pairings when I'm flying. So regularly, um, I have been away only a handful of times to like sleep over in a hotel, um, like three to four times a month. And I would really look forward to that time. But this month, I have all these long pairings where I've got days off, away from my family in different cities where I don't necessarily have friends. And I've identified through some actions that I've been taking that it's like, I am uncomfortable being alone. And you'd think that as a mom, I would be like, hallelujah. And part of me is, I am enjoying waking up quiet in the morning, but what I'm finding is I'm just spending way too much time on my phone and I'm I'm doing stuff that I just am not like is not is not getting me the results that I want. So, so what do we do? What do we do with this uncomfortableness? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We came up with some questions being the coaches that we are and we're going to ask each other these questions around this uncomfortableness and see if we can come up with some action steps, something like that. One of the questions I had was, how do we anchor ourselves? How do we anchor ourselves in uncomfortable situations? Because uncomfortable situations are inevitable. Mm -hmm. And we both know that you need uncomfortable situations to grow I think one thing I was trying to do to varying degrees of success is much better last night was I think when we're starting something, you naturally um, like try to replicate what you see other people do. Like I know what a yoga teacher usually sounds like. Um, Unfortunately, that is not what I typically sound like. Um, I naturally speak fast. I tell jokes I don't mind some audience interaction, which I got quite a bit of. If you're teaching online, even like people will comment, even as you're doing something live, um, you can at the end chat with people. There is some level of interaction. Also teaching one-on-one or two-on-one, we are like talking. There's communication happening the whole time in that type of movement class. And all of a sudden, when you're in a class with a dozen people, something I didn't like I knew this would happen, but it didn't occur to me like how uncomfortable it would be to not get any feedback when you're beginning mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then when I taught a higher energy class last night, there's like Dua Lipa playing. People are taught, we're talking back and forth. Great. I'm in my zone. And so it's almost like when you're beginning, you kind of have to approximate, like you see what other people are doing and you replicate it. But What's more comfortable is doing it in a way that I would do it, that brings my whole self to the table. If I feel like I'm doing a performance of what someone else might do, Mm. that makes me feel even more out of my body and even more uncomfortable. Even though when you start something, you do have to kind of replicate what other people are doing until you develop like, 
okay, now I know what I would do. So it was my first real time being in a big group of someone else's people. I don't know what that is. So I'm like, I'm trying to do like what I think like she might do. It probably wasn't even close to what she might do um, when, when normally in that class, but I wasn't being myself. And so that disconnected me like even further from myself. And I wasn't able to be fully embodied and be present. Um so I was trying to be something else that wasn't just me. Um, so that's my reflection. What I'll take into the next class is just like showing up in a way that I still feel embodied. I still feel like myself. And like my yoga class, well, if you listen to this podcast for long enough or know us, like, you know, I'm not teaching like a standard mm-hmm. class. That's not how I teach. And I was trying to be like, how can I just show up and be vanilla? Cause I don't want to like offend anybody. I want them to have a good experience. And the reality is like, I have to show up and be myself. And if that's doesn't work for people, that's okay. It's neutral. Um, but I need to be myself to be embodied and feel present uh, and grounded and connected. And if I think back to even like when I started teaching leadership development courses, I was doing the same thing. I was like, I'm trying to do an imitation of how somebody else would teach it. Let's face it. I'm not everybody else. I'm not. I'm going to show up in my way, which is usually a sense of humor jokes, like having fun, talking fast is just the way I talk. So that's how I need to show up. And when I started showing up with myself, then people started to like it. <laughs> and I, I felt more grounded and felt more connected and it was easier for me to show up. Um, so that's one way I think I will anchor for the next class, a, real, a huge realization. I mean, I've learned this so many times, but I will continue to learn it is that when we start something, oftentimes it's not easy to show up as yourself and a beginner at the same time because being someone else protects us it's armor at least they criticize me like i was trying to teach someone else's class and it's not my fault we show up as ourselves i feel like you also are opening yourself up to really personal criticism maybe people just won't like you um but there's no other way to show up and still feel grounded and embodied yeah yeah that makes me think about when I was just starting as a flight attendant and I used to be so jealous of um, my coworkers who were super saucy and, but could get compliance like right away. I would, I was wondering, I'm like, how are you sort of making fun of the guest, but making them laugh, making them feel comfortable and telling them exactly what you needed them to do in that minute? you know, like all in one thing. And, and I realized, A, they're just showing up as themselves, but B, that takes time. Because now, eight years later, guess who can be super saucy, funny, make you feel comfortable? Well, absolutely get compliance. Me, I can do that. But I could not do that eight years ago. And I couldn't jump into the job and do it. I was just like, hey, can you please tuck your purse underneath the seat? Thank you. Yeah, no, it's for safety reasons. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. You, you don't want to listen. Um, okay, well, I'm sorry. I need you. I need you to, you know. <laughs> now I could I could get I could just it could I could give them a look. There is like a look I could give them. And they're like, oh, okay, underneath the seat. But it's it's loving, it's funny, it's saucy, it's kind of spicy, you know, and it's like, boom, done. So I wonder, hearing what you're saying, if simply like awareness for someone who's going into something new 
trying something new, the awareness that this is going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to need to choose to fill my own shoes. Like I'm not stepping into somebody else's shoes. I'm going to put my shoes on. I'm going to put my clothes on. I'm going to be holy me and I'm going to be uncomfortable. It happens all the time. It happens at work all the time. You know, taking someone else's job, stepping in for someone else, covering for someone else. It's not just like fitness instructors. We step for someone's classes. Like all the time, we are constantly stepping in to someone else's shoes. We have the ghosts of other people lingering around at work, in life, in our relationships, whatever it may be. Um, and we can't be someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least not, and not sacrifice you know, our own sanity and well-being and joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what about you? How are you anchoring yourself on this next turn that you're going on or pairing? Is it pairing? Yeah, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn this. You're going to learn eventually. I am still a beginner. Yeah. Okay. And a pairing is you stay. Mm-hmm. But okay. a, you can, this is the, it's yes. And you can do a one day pairing and that is a turn. Honestly, but I'm going to do a three, a four day pairing. So it's, I'll be gone for three nights. Nope. Lies. I'm doing a three day pairing. I'll be gone for two, two nights. That is correct. Don't say we have never taught you anything, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Aviation okay. How am I going to anchor myself um, in this mess? Because I'm, I'm in Abbotsford all day alone tomorrow. Um, I'm dreading it. Not, yeah, I am. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, yeah. So I'm acknowledging that I've got, I've come to my aha. Like I've had my, woo, okay. You're reaching out for all these unhelpful straws, being on social media, trying to over connect with people, kind of grasping and holding tight to my, my folks when I'm away. Um, So I'm kind of flipping the script and I'm saying, what can I do in Abbotsford? It's beautiful. It's British Columbia. I'm going to go on a hike. I'm going to find somewhere to walk. I'm also going to be sitting with the discomfort of feeling alone and doing unpacking around why. I'm such a why person. I don't know if it's the Virgo in me. I don't know. I don't know. But I love to get down to that and just understand and and just practice um, working the muscle of being alone. You and I talked about this earlier this week, but I've always had roommates. I was either like, I was in my family. Then I went to, you know, well, I've always lived with people and I'm very connected in my community. I don't leave my building without, hi, 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 hi. How's it going? How's the dog? How's the da-da-da-da-da? And I love that. And that feeds my soul. And so when I get ripped out of it and go flying, of course, I I fly with great coworkers. um, But there is just this sense of of loneliness that I experience. And I need to start, start strengthening that muscle. And oh, the other thing is what the questions we were asking is that I'm going to be asking myself is what story am I telling myself about being alone or about that my phone's not blowing up with texts from friends or different ways that I'm communicating and 
So I'm going to be unpacking that. And this, the story, I guess that I, I was, I'm telling myself is that, um, I don't even know, like, it's not even that I don't have friends because I just have such an abundance of them, but maybe that they're not available. They're not, we're not in the same time zone. I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's a little deep. Stay tuned. And it's an interesting question. Like what stories are we telling ourselves about this? Cause that's, I think where a lot of the anxiety can come from is the story that we're inventing versus what is really true about the situation. I think that's what I hear you kind of talking yourself through, which is my story about being alone or my story about being new at something is like, uh, if I'm not immediately good, then I might as well not bother very much a mentality. I think many people um, harbor or if it's uncomfortable, I shouldn't be doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. That's the story. It doesn't mean that's the actual objective truth. I think that takes like recognition that I, I am uncomfortable, but I'm like not in pain or I'm not going to die from this. So like I decide to stay in it, but then unpack, okay, like what is really going on here is the story that I'm telling myself, which is I'm worthless and never going to be good at something. And like, I should be embarrassed that I was seen as starting as a beginner at anything in life versus, mm, to be honest, when I give that, that, that uh, particular storm, there's like a creator called, I believe their name, Instagram handles Heb on the web. And they have a song just goes sucking at something is the first step of being sort of good at something. Yeah. And I, I've seen the video a few times. I literally have their voice in my head, like sucking at something's the first part of being sort of good at something. And it's like a catchy tune. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes, maybe if that's helpful. But if that little jingle helped, it's something I can remember easily. So if I was like in my, like I was losing my ability to be present at some points. Like I feel like I'm disassociating because like, Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so bad at everything. It's like, I just keep singing the song, the second it's something song. And it brings me back because it reminds me, of course, like you have to be like really brutally bad before you get good at something. And usually we like vastly overestimate how good or how quickly we'll get good. Yes. But then also we underestimate how good we could be if we just, Stuck it out. Persistent. In that discomfort. Yes. Yes. And then that leads me to our last question is out of these discomforts, what results do we want? And I, I think we, we came up with that question. And when, when, when we started talking about it, I was, I got a calm that came over my body. I was like, yeah, okay. I know how I want to feel during a pairing, during a day off in another city. I want to explore some food. I want to people watch. I want to get a few things done that I don't, that I maybe could get done faster because I don't have Leo or Rich there. I don't want to be on my phone in my hotel room the entire pairing, like the entire day that I do not want that. I want to explore. I want to take care of my body. I go to the gym. I go, can go for a swim at the pool. What results are you hoping to get out of? Or could you, I don't know, put out there for your 
learning, teaching, or just being a beginner at at everything it feels like at the same time. Um, Well, yeah, that resonates with me because I just, I feel like I often lose track of my intentions when things get uncomfortable. Um, Mm. And I forget, like, it's not about necessarily like the road to get somewhere. It's that I want to get to the intention that I had and stay focused on that intention, even if it like feels like it's going a little bit sideways. Um, And so I think I definitely did lose track of why my intentions, like my intentions become better to develop mastery at something. Maybe even just be like half decent. Like I don't need to be the, the, have mastery over teaching yoga to large groups. Probably never going to be my thing. I actually like teaching online. I like doing one-on-one in small group. But I had to try it to figure that out too. I wanted to learn something from it um, with the things that we are doing out in the world. Like it isn't comfortable to be a beginner in public where people could hear it and see it and be like, ha ha, you're just starting out something, didn't you know? Um, but I rem- I'm reminded of my intentions for doing that. Like my intentions, I know that we are doing something that could have an impact. Um that we really enjoy doing. And like, if I stay focused on that, it helps that temporary feeling of discomfort. I don't even know what helps it. It doesn't lessen it at all. It just helps me be with it and sit mm-hmm. with it and maybe not wear it. Like I can kind of hold it out a little bit further from myself and not make it personal. It's like, yeah, like you gotta, you have to start somewhere and begin at something. And I have to stay focused on that intention when I feel that discomfort start to rise. Um, I'm not talking about like staying in painful situations or doing anything that's going to hurt you or traumatize you. Like, no, I just be like, wait, I'm just uncomfortable. <laughs> um, staying with it a little bit longer, staying in the game a little bit longer before I tap out, just because I, I'm telling myself I'm not good at something doesn't mean that's actually true or objective. Mm-hmm. Fact. mm-hmm. I think it's like, think about this too. Our brains are wired for this. They want to move us away from threats for very That's good right. reason, right? Like yep. our brain, our nervous system is like, you are sensing a threat. Like <laughs> shut everything down. Now I had, I was not hungry. Like my digestion, like wrecked. Yep. Um, like your, but your body is doing that for good reason. You are, the brain is like, I got a signal. Nervous system, like shut it down. Threat. It is not useful for modern life that our bodies and brains do that but like it was there for good reason so that we immediately when a threat is detected we can respond however mm-hmm. like it's developing that nuance they're like okay is this really a threat i know my body is giving me all these signals and i feel nauseous and want I to vomit before i do something that does not mean i'm actually in danger and i need to discern what is actually going on here because naturally we're going to always want to move away from threat even though if it's like joining Toastmasters and you really want to do public speaking, you're going to feel like you're going to die. You mm-hmm. will, I mean, unless you're at a, the wrong Toastmasters group, no chance of, no chance of dying, but your body and brain can make you feel that way, which might prevent you from ever mm-hmm. walking in and doing the thing that you really do have an intention to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's like a beautiful segue to chat a little bit about backbone because it is what, we're going to be teaching in this workshop our ways to create a little bit of safety and a little bit of comfort in uncomfortable situations, ways that we can ease our nervous system and send gentle messages saying, Hey, you know, like, listen, you're okay. Like (laughs) there's no tiger. There's, there's no bear. Um, Or maybe there is a tiger and there is a bear. 
um, and you're closing the the stress cycle. But when there's actually no tiger, no bear, you have and you have to do something that's challenging. There are things that we can do to create feelings of safety and get your, and get ourselves back online so that we can do the things that we need to do like slightly more comfortably stay with it a little, little longer maybe or mm-hmm. <laughs> so backbone is um, a workshop that Ashley and I have put together to help folks um, return come back into their bodies we're going to be unpacking um, things such as how to create healthy boundaries how to break up with burnout and how to close the stress cycle. And we're going to be talking about it within regards to work, but also this very much can go, will flow over into life relationships. Amazing. So if you're interested, want to check out the deets, the link is in the show notes about how to get in touch with us, whether to attend a workshop in person or to be notified of future events um, across the country. Who knows when we take this on tour? Um, or if you think this would be useful for your workplace, uh, potentially for your employees, for the leaders in your workplace, we're also, we do that too. So uh, send us a note if you think that would be helpful and supportive uh, to whatever context um, you might need to bring some more mindfulness and um, maybe have have a backbone in. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. And we're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for you. Please uh, feel free to also use that contact form to send us your uncomfortable stories. Uh, Maybe we'll write an episode (laughs) where we share uh, all of our uncomfortable uh, things. So letting, letting us have that space to talk about that is I think helpful for me too. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye.